There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Day two, the sun is setting on the US Open for a second day. Catherine Whitaker and myself, David Law, are here between sessions, Catherine, because, uh, it, I mean, this is going to be a tennis podcast of two parts. I'll be back, certainly, later on. We may be both back uh, a little bit after players finish because there's still a lot more to come. But there's so much happened today. It has been, to me, a bit like manic monday at wimbledon i I, have not known where to look half the time so much has happened too much at times i mean i I mean a whole week's worth of drama happened in sitsipas rublev (laughs) which was first on i i I still haven't quite recovered no because i mean if you haven't heard that one uh, it was five sets wasn't it was it four sets? Four sets, sets. actually (laughs) just felt like about 18 yeah it did and uh, because it was it was full of drama. I mean, because all the sets were were an hour long. Um, it started with uh, with Ru- Rublev playing what I described to you earlier today as sort of martial arts tennis. He, he has this ability. Doesn't matter what you chuck at him, he just throws this swipe of a, a stroke at the ball, and and he'll take it on the rise and hit it for a clean winner off a half volley on the baseline. He's a ninja, isn't ninja. he? Uh, it, like he is the scrawniest little thing. Yeah. I mean, not height-wise, but he ju- he looks like a child still. Where does this power come from? And I mean, it's just the most extraordinary timing that yeah. he has. He absolutely leathers that ball. Um, and, it, it, yeah, he... Sitsipas didn't look like he didn't know what had hit him. I mean, he described... Sitsipas lost, incidentally, for anybody that doesn't know, lost in four sets, was cramping in the fourth set, accused the umpire of being a weirdo, has said after the match that he thinks that chair umpire has it in for him, didn't retract any of his no. comments towards the Damien chair umpire. De yeah, he said, oh, that umpire's got it in for me. He got, a, he got his first code violation for coaching from the box, Patrick Moritoglu. Um, 
I'm not sure that it was Patrick or that it was his dad, but Rublev had been complaining that he was finding his Sitsipas's box distracting. Then there was a controversial bathroom break from Sitsipas, and then later on in the match, I think there was a little bit of shoe drama. He got a point penalty for a time violation because he was cramping so much, I think, and having to take so much time between. But he asked for the point penalty. Yeah, well, that was the point when he just said, "I don't care. Just fine. You're all weirdos. Just fine. You know, just." Give me a fine. I don't care. Yeah. Basically, the gist of it. It all happens. But you know, I, I don't I mean, want. I don't want to take away from Rublev's uh, achievement here. He he did this to Dimitrov a few years ago. Do you remember when years when ago, Dimitrov yeah. had won Cincinnati and he came along and again he just took on this flowing single hander and he and and both Dimitrov and Sitsipas today threw their big shots at him and he just dismissed them and it shows what a talent he is and and what frankly we've been missing because he's been injured he's had this horrible wrist injury and, and he talked about his his depression and and, and how low he's felt because he's, of, of not being able to play the game he said i couldn't find anything else that could make me happy yeah um yeah he used the word depression about that that period on the sidelines talked about how hard it was seeing others go past him yeah, it was um, on Noah Rubin's website, wasn't it? The, yeah. Uh, the, the Beyond the Racket or yeah. something like that. Um, which, which is it, an interesting resource in itself. Powerful read if you, if you get a chance. Um, but yeah, Sitsipas said after the match, among many other things, he said, uh, I, feel, I don't feel inspired at the moment I mean it sounds like burnout to me does, and, yeah. and to you I think as well but uh, he, I yeah. mean look when we were in Australia and he was he was so exciting and so authoritative and he was taking everybody on we then saw Ben Rothenberg's tweet detailing his schedule for the next six months and at the time you looked at it and you just thought that's 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 ridiculous. And that you can't tweet, play every didn't week, even mate. mention doubles. No, and and look, he and, he, played, and look, he did a really decent job of getting to the French Open and playing that match. But the scene that you described the morning after the Viverinka match, that was the end of Stefanos Tsitsipas in 2019. I'm afraid <laughs> he didn't really exist after that. He'll be back next year, folks. But I mean, he's done. Yeah, and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. But it almost sort of felt like it at the time, didn't it? I know I keep coming back to it on this podcast, but it was so striking. It was so arresting. It was so poignant, that scene. Yeah. Um, back in the McCure. <laughs> Those days. I don't miss the McCure. It's so different. All these slams are so different. So and different. Therefore, all of our Grand Slam dailies are so different, aren't they? Because at Wimbledon, we're on the, the broadcast roof on a picnic table, and it's all recorded at a very nice leisurely time of about eight in the evening. Uh, at the Australian Open, it's the middle of the night every day uh, at the French Open it's Catherine and Matt uh, performing wonders uh, and then here it's the days are so long uh, that, that basically we often have to record either in two parts or or in the in the bar in the lobby watching people come and go the the rich and famous the the, the famous tennis players but here tonight I mean you've, it feels like so much has happened and we're sitting in the, the little media garden outside our media cafe uh, and as I say sun is setting the still match is going all around us and loads and loads of to hive of activity tonight there's still a night session to come but a couple of big names have gone packing today Dominic Team, uh, along with Stephanus Sitsipas the world number one wasn't far off from going out today in Naomi Osaka she, she did a, actually did a good job of pulling it around against Blinkova, who she'd lost the first three games against, and it went three, but she got the job done in the end. 
Yeah, it was French Open-esque, I thought, that victory. It reminded me of those first couple of victories she had at the French Open where she just hauled herself over the line somehow in three sets. And at, at that time, I remember discussing with Matt, thinking, of course, she, at, at that moment, she held the previous two Grand Slams. And you're thinking, how does Naomi Osaka lose a Grand Slam match? Maybe she just doesn't ever lose one again. And of course, things change very, very quickly. But it had a feel of that about it. I still think she's not going to defend this title and probably won't come that close to it but she came to the wow wow studio the japanese broadcaster studio after the match a long while after she took a couple of hours to to decompress because she said that had been the most nervous she'd ever felt before that match and she looked she looked happier the wow wow studio is next to ours so sort of watched it all unfold and she she didn't skip into the studio but it was definitely definitely a certain amount of that pressure has been alleviated and I was just relieved myself to see that to to see her slightly soothed yeah I suppose yeah well that's I mean it's been such a (laughs) harrowing sight really seeing her seem so so unhappy really uh, the last few days but anyway good news for her Halep who is just in my eyeline over there being interviewed by Daniela Hantikova she was taken to three by Nicole Gibbs which is a lovely story to yeah. see Gibbs back and playing well. I mean, she was she was good today. Um, but yes, Halep's still in the draw. Coco Goff at the moment. I mean, this is amazing. I, I watched the... She, people were having to queue. There were, the announcement went over the press tannoy saying, if you want to have tickets for the press seats to see Coco Goff play on Louis, Louis Armstrong court, you need to queue. Well, this only happens for Grand Slam semi-finals and finals. That's bananas. And <laughs> she, Absolutely she, bananas. She, she, Although, weirdly, the, 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 the crowd seats, the public seats, aren't full. Mm, yes, that's true. Although they're making a Far right from old it. They are. The, the atmosphere is still great, but I do find it bizarre. They, it's rarely full. I think it's Armstrong. It I don't t- know is why. Is it ticketed? I think it is, isn't it? So it never used to. I think be. it is ticketed. I think right. there's an area that's not, and that okay. bit is packed, from what I understand. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, but it's a shame that they can't just. I mean, this place would unload into Louis Armstrong right oh, now. Oh, open the gates. Four and one up. Be... She's playing Anastasia Potapova, who's at the grand old age of 18. She won the first set 6-3 and she was throwing some really big shots in the direction of uh, Coco Goff. And, and I thought, this is not going to happen. It just shows the grit of this young woman because she just kept on hanging in there. And, and you saw her, her grow into the match. And now, I mean, she's running away with it. Meanwhile, Denis Shapovalov is 6-1-5-1 up against Felix Auger-Aliassime. Good old advert for Mikhail Yuzhny's coaching yeah. skills at the moment, isn't it? He, right. He's having the best, well, last week combined with this result, best week of his last 18 months, yeah, really. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. Um, Dominic team, it's not a surprise, really, is it, against Thomas Fabian? It you ought know, to be, though. It ought, it to, ought be. to be. I very nearly picked him to, yeah. to as my player to be beaten in the predictions today. Fabiano, of course, upset Sitsipas first round at Wimbledon. Yeah. So he's got a bit of form and really flashy, um, pleasing player to watch, but sort of grimly predictable. Yeah, um, well, you, you keep going back to the Kitzbühel story and, that, and that's where this all seems to to emanate from and he was he didn't come in here 100% and yeah I mean he's out fourth seed um, Gabini Magarutha is out she won the first set 6-2 against Alison Risk and lost, lost the next two heavily 
Um, Caroline Wozniacki, great fight back from her. She was 1-6 down. She lost the first five games against Wang Yafan and we managed to win 6-3 in the third. Muguruza might be about to turn a corner, didn't we? Yeah. With um, Anna, Annabelle medina Garrigues as her coach. and OK, that's a tricky draw. Risk a uh, Wimbledon quarter-finalist. But Risk hasn't won a match here since 2013. Yeah. Um, and the courts wow. are quite slow, everybody's saying, although Dan Evans seems to disagree with that. Does he? Well, he just disagrees with <laughs> Marching to the he? beat of his own drum is Dan. Have, have you seen the, the report from Simon Briggs from the player meeting today? In which Why can't they just live stream those meetings? <laughs> in which, uh, uh, yes, Simon reports that, uh, that Dan Evans stood up in the player meeting and, and basically told the 73 players that were signing... Vasek led, Pospisil's... 73 of them led by the world number one. Yeah, and Vasek Pospisil, this petition um, that use, seems, to be, seems to use the word boycott as a potential power play, uh, or at least that, 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 that has been mentioned. And <laughs> Evans apparently stood up and, and said that he thinks it's all ridiculous and not realistic. Um, and he also challenged... Being ridiculous. <laughs> he cha- apparently challenged... Uh, Novak Djokovic in particular and said well are you going to boycott a Grand Slam because obviously there is so much at stake in the history of the game right now because if if one of those three at the top were all in the player council if one of them actually actually did boycott I mean they've kind of all three got a boycott is haven't it just, they was he asking the question is it just brinkmanship is this the Cuban missile crisis yeah I think or that's, that's, are you actually prepared to follow through? I don't think Dan Evans used Cuban Missile <laughs> Crisis as part of his address. But look, he, di- he did raise this. And um, yeah, uh, the, from what I gather, um, Djokovic was not exactly backing down. Um, so, you know, I, I still think it is brinkmanship, ultimately. But I think it is, it's a negotiating tactic and, and it'll end up being resolved probably down the road because it would be a heck of a move to go all the way with this um, but yeah Evans clearly doesn't think it's something that they all should be doing um, and uh, you know there's a there's a, a significant number of players though that do believe that this sort of action is is the the measure to be taken but we will see tennis wise Vasek Pospisil's doing a thing he is he's as we speak deep in a fifth set at the moment <laughs> incidentally go and read Simon Briggs's piece on that subject and also read Simon Briggs's piece on Bianca Andreescu really good read he that. was on court 10 today was she did she I haven't yeah. seen her result I mean she, she loved it and she was brilliant and she got on with it and uh, by all accounts there were crowds you know 10 deep queuing to get onto court 10 but court 10 yeah. really 6264 she won and uh, yeah she's my pick for the title so good job she did win especially given that Roberto Bautista got, went out and I got him in my quarterfinals so not very happy about that right Catherine yeah. you need the to go and get the bus the consistency out in the first round to Mikhail Kukushkin I know what's, there's a, yeah, there's a list of players who you really wouldn't expect uh, that one of, one of them is going to be a semi-finalist here at the US Open uh, I haven't got time to read them all out uh, but yes. I know who my brother thinks it's going to be who do you think it's going to be? Uh, he's got Nick Kyrgios in the semi-final has he? Yeah. I've got him going out tonight against Steve, Steve Johnson Steve Johnson I mean, but he's he's had his perfect preparation. We witnessed it. We, he did look good. He did look very good. Okay, Catherine. Well, you need to go uh, and get the bus, and we'll reconvene a bit later with Coco Goff now only four three up in the third set. So, folks, we'll be back. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Well, a few hours have passed since Catherine and I were sitting outside in the lovely uh, dipping sunshine as uh, sunset uh, came over Flushing Meadows. Now it is pitch black skies. It is floodlights on. I'm sitting in the commentary box at BBC Radio 5 Live overlooking the Arthur Ashe Stadium where Sloane Stevens at the moment is a set down. And uh, actually the, the crowd has dissipated a bit. She's going to need a bit of noise if she's going to get through this one, I think, against Anna Kalinskaya. And all also, we've got Victoria Azarenka and Arena Sabalenka, both from Belarus, both wearing virtually exactly the same clothes and both playing some of the fiercest tennis I think I've ever seen. Catherine, you're now back at your hotel, keeping an eye on this one. I mean, this match is amazing, isn't it? Azarenka has took the first set, Sabalenka has taken the second set. It, it's like past and present Azarenka going at it. Oh, that's a great line. Love that. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I'm completely mesmerised by it. They're both so intense and uncompromising and bulldozing. It's great. You see, they're wearing the same outfits. Azarenka's has the addition of some very bizarre sleeve-type things. What's going on there? It's very odd. One one white yes. sleeve, Milos Raonic style sleeve, one white, one dark. But anyway, oh my God, Savalenka's just absolutely smashed a ball into the open court. It's like she's angry, angry with tennis balls. She hates tennis balls. Oh my God, we've she? just she said the same them. thing. We're on a slight delay on our Skype line. 
and we've just said the same yeah. thing. The, the, other, the other little uh, accessory that all the tennis players wearing that particular brand of clothing are, are, are sporting at the moment is the sort of tennis ball-coloured wristbands. And in the case of Carl Edmund, who earlier lost today in five sets, including losing the last six games of the match, he wore uh, a tennis ball-coloured cap. Oh, which, it looked awful. I mean, it was making my eyes it hurt. It looked awful. And it, bless him, he's got, you know, very pasty skin hasn't he and it's sort of the reflection of the fluoro made his skin look sort of translucent in a not particularly healthy way i mean that was not the biggest of his problems today but maybe a contributing factor to he lost to pablo andahar and he should have won today shouldn't he because he yes. he was a setup he was a breakup he then went two sets to one down i thought he showed some real fighting spirit to win the fourth set seven five and when he went to love up in the fifth i thought he's got this he's got this but at the same time in the back of your mind you you've got that memory that kyle edmund can struggle to 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 get the job done over the distance and and he lost six games in a row i mean i they went so quickly i i wasn't doing commentary on the final set and i popped out they gave me a little break and i went a little walk and it was over and he was too love up 10 minutes earlier i i i just don't know what happened to him really see this is where you're an optimist and i'm a pessimist because when he was too love up i was thinking he still doesn't have this <laughs> Um, and I wanted to be wrong. Um, although, having said that, Andy Hart is an incredible story. Yes, he is, was he? ranked outside the world's top 1,000 a couple of years ago. Three elbow surgeries. He's had to absolutely toil away uh, to make his way back to, to the top 100. So many, many congratulations to him. And he's another one like Andrea Seppi that makes you earn it, doesn't he? He gives you the opportunity to choke. And I'm afraid um, Carl Edmund took it today. And he's, he's you know, that, that, that ability to impose himself on a tennis match, both in terms of tennis and in terms of his presence on the court that, that Freddie Rosengran gave to Carl Edmund. Well, it's just gone. It's just completely gone, um, and he looks afraid to 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 impose himself on on a match. He looks inf- afraid to puff his chest out and say, "This is this is mine to lose. You're you're not going to wrestle this from me." Yeah. And it's he's a tough watch at the moment. He's yeah, a tough watch. He's, he's got got a lot of work to do. Well. Uh- we, we've also had somebody who's not a tough watch, uh, who never lets you down if you're supporting him, really, uh, on his own terms at least, and that's uh, that's Rafael Nadal, who looked the issues of John Millman in the eye, the man who knocked out Roger Federer a year ago, and said, no, 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 no. I know you might be a, a bit of a rugged Australian and like to battle it out from the baseline, but I am the ultimate baseliner and you're going down. And it was six three six two six two. It was just over two hours, and it was. You used the word at Wimbledon about Nadal. You said he was frightening you, and actually, there were moments during that match where I'm, I, I was, I'm sitting about two hundred meters up in the air away from him, and I still felt intimidated. Match point, Sabalenka, soon to be out of date tennis news update. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't see loads of it. Um, Because that it was oh she's won, 
That was a, yeah, that was a lovely embrace in the end for the two players. And um, really, I mean, that's a heck of a win because Azarenka had got her there. She'd got her a set down. She'd, she was ahead at points in the second set as well. She probably should have won. But again, you saw the appetite of Sabalenka on that practice court at the back of your studio. And we've seen it there. I just think those two are a credit to themselves. I mm. love watching them. It was great watching them go toe-to-toe like that. And uh, yeah, Sabalenka is a threat here. Yeah, I would say so. She was a threat last year. Remember, she took uh, Naomi Osaka, eventual, eventual champion, to 6-4 in the third, was it? That match as she came into the US Open having won New Haven. Um, very, very different build-up this year. Although she did, she had a bit of a run in San Jose, didn't she? There have been green shoots of growth for Sabalenka after a, a difficult six or so months. Mm, but yeah. she could do something here. She's got Putin Savonex, not easy. Knepi, Vekic, Kiki Burton's in her section of the draw. Well, she gets going, Catherine. You know, she can beat them all, can't she? Um, and I really have been convinced by... But I know we're not... We have a policy of not reading much into practice. But I'm I'm... I'm reading a lot into her practice. <laughs> You're ignoring that policy for the sake of this conversation. Fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'm mightily impressed. Nadal, I was very impressed with. I mean, obviously, it's, he should have beaten John Millman on paper, but the way he does it was just so emphatic um, that, you know, it, it really looked, he looked the part out there tonight. And, well, I picked him for the title, so we'll see. And I think the main reason I picked him for the title is because he's not in with the other one of the three. Uh, the other two are in the other half of the draw and Federer and Nadal would sorry Federer and Djokovic would have to meet each other in the semis and Nadal can avoid them um, so I just think that, that helps him enormously uh, incidentally yeah, I mean uh, traditionally it is the one that, that only has to play one of the other two isn't it yeah yeah uh, and so. incidentally the uh, the post-match interview on court with Tom Rinaldi from Nadal he was asked about Andy Murray playing the Rafa Nadal Open in Mallorca <laughs> and uh, he said um, that yeah I've told Andy if he wants to go on my boat just ask I don't think it's the sort of boat that my dad would approve of is it Ooh. I think it's. I don't think it's the sort of boat where you're faffing around with ropes. Andy Murray's on the boat, though, isn't he? In your dad's view, he'd be a, a worthy crew member. Oh yeah, yeah. I think my dad would have Andy Murray, but I think this particular boat. Do you know what I mean? I mm. think it's one where they they bring you caviar and stuff. You're saying your dad wouldn't know which buttons to press. What buttons? I don't think my. Yeah. I don't, I would hazard a guess that my dad wouldn't approve of buttons being involved in in sailing at all <laughs> right it's all going to be ropes and wooden steering wheels and things like that yeah sort of hornblower okay. style right okay oars um right okay so that's what we're that's what we're talking about uh, with Catherine's dad's boat um now, Nick Kyrgios is about to come onto the court uh, in a little while. If uh, if there's anything dramatic that happens in that match with him and Steve Johnson, if, I'll come on at the end of the night at about three in the morning. If there's anything dramatic that happens in that match, you've stitched yourself yeah. right up there, David. Half of it, haven't I? I'm going I'm to be here at the <laughs> early hours. When... Four o'clock in the morning, David Law's going to be recording a monologue about yeah. uh, the latest instalment of the Nick Kyrgios saga. Well, I look forward Brilliant. to waking up and listening to that. 
Incidentally, Coco Goff, 15 years of age, what a turnaround she's put together to, to win through uh, against uh, Anastasia Potapova because, I mean, I was describing earlier that she was getting pushed around, but she has something about her, doesn't she, that young woman? And she loves it. She just seems to love it. I hope that continues, but mightily impressed. She's got a way of figuring out tennis matches, hasn't she? It is extraordinary. Mm. It reminded me that one of her, would have been her third round victory over Polona Herzog at, at Wimbledon, where there was this sheer will to haul herself over the finish line, which you just don't associate with a 15-year-old or any kind of teenager. Extraordinary. No. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, and tomorrow, is there anything else we missed out today apart from what's going on at the court at the moment? Sloane Stevens in a bit of a battle, but um, and Nick Kyrgios still to come. Is there anything else? Shapovalov finished off that win over Auger Aliassime, and uh, oh, I yeah. think I'm just seeing that Tanasi Kokonakis got a win, which is really yes. nice to see because goodness me, he's had an awful time. He has. I, I tell you, though, Shapovalov looked good today. I know, look, Ojeh Aliasin was a shadow of himself. He was missing so much. I think he's another one a little bit like Sitsabas. I think he's, his body's probably just protesting a bit now after the rigours of the, the year and him not being that used to this. But Shapovalov, with Mikhail Yuzhny in corner, just looks sturdier suddenly. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't look like a junior suddenly. Yeah, I mean, he's he's hard as nails, Mikhail Eugene, isn't he? Had to do a double take on the practice court. I knew he was working with Shapovalov on this trial basis, but I think you were there, weren't you? And I was squinting and I was going, is that Mikhail Eugene or is that some kind of tennis-playing henchman that's been brought in? <laughs> yes, I mean, he... I mean, let's, let's put it clearly this is a guy who smashed himself in the head with his own racket and drew blood because he was so frustrated with how he wasn't winning matches so it, all he needs to do is really show a video to Shapovalov of that and I dare say Shapovalov will do what he's told yeah channel me did we mention Zverev <laughs> David, I can't remember. Yeah, well, he, he, I can't remember either, but he was two sets to love up. Then Radu Albot come back, came back to two sets all, and then Zverev won in five. So w well done on winning in five sets, but why are you playing five sets in is the first it, round of the Is he US the Open? new Kane Ishikori? <laughs> he is a bit, isn't he? Going the circuitous route when uh, uh, a, a simple cross over the road would do. But um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Zverev is still alive. Maybe this is his year. Don't think so. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe this is his year. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I think that'll do for now, Catherine. What, what's happening tomorrow? <laughs> Who's playing tomorrow? Um, the other half of the draw. You've got your Dan Evans. You've got your Joe Conta. You've got Roger yeah, Federer. Yeah, Joe Conta's up first, isn't she? You've She's got playing Serena. first Serena. Yes. Yeah, Serena's night session. I, I know that. And uh, Federer's in the afternoon. Uh, Djokovic is in the evening session tomorrow. Um, yes. All of this is true and accurate. Well done. Okay, looking forward to it already. Okay, right, well, <laughs> if anything dramatic happens in Nick Kyrgios and, uh, and he gets arrested, which is not impossible, uh, I'll be back uh, a bit later. But Catherine, go and have a good sleep. We'll be back so, hopefully in person tomorrow night. Someone said that to me about Kyle Edmund today, that he needs to get himself arrested. He needs to go on a night out with Nick Kyrgios and just let loose. Oh, my word. 
the thought of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares about that. Um, and uh, yes, so we're I brought don't think in he'd enjoy it, would he? With the Telegraph, we're executive produced by TennisBalls.com. We have our mascot Rio with a Y. Catherine, go to get to bed. Uh, everybody listening to this, tell your friends to tell other people to tell other people to listen to the podcast. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Sign up to the newsletter. You've got the uh, the wording on your little show notes there on your phone. So go and go and press click on that and sign up, and you'll get our newsletter with our silly predictions every day and Matt's stat. And we'll be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow. 